I want to tell you about a cheap, easy way to reduce the daily radiation exposure from your Wi-Fi router with the touch of a button. Cheap, easy, and effective. Coming up. EMF Remedy is dedicated to helping you understand which electromagnetic threats are present in your home, and whether in the context of your current home, one you're considering for purchase, or building a new home with comprehensive protection designed in, EMF Remedy can help you reduce your family's exposure to harmful, man-made electromagnetic radiation. Hi, this is Keith Cutter with EMFRemedy.com, and you're listening to Reversing Electromagnetic poisoning, we replace fear with knowledge and a plan. This world has more than enough fear. (laughs) And you know what? There's good reason to be concerned about EMF, but fear, that's just not productive. So we want to focus on solutions and on knowledge so that you can move forward in this battle against non-native EMF in your home. So today we're going to talk about a cheap, easy, and effective solution. And today's going to be about people who are kind of new to this, who maybe still have Wi-Fi in their home. Maybe they don't know exactly where to get started. Maybe this whole non-native EMF remediation thing seems a little bit overwhelming. So I want to give you something that you can do right now to reduce the RF radiation you're getting from your Wi-Fi router by at least one-third. Super simple to implement. We're going to talk about that today. But first, I want to mention a couple of things. One is, I'd like to give you an update on Shannon Rowan and let you know how she is doing. She, as most of you probably know, is the author of Wi-Fi Refugee. What a great book that is. And I think it's very helpful for a number of audiences. I think people who have been adversely impacted by the harmful spread of electromagnetic radiation. I think they would enjoy reading the first-hand accounts from not only Shannon, but a number of people that she interviews, people that she knew in her travels as a an EMF refugee, a Wi-Fi refugee, if you will. And so I think it is helpful for the folks who have been impacted, I think it might also be helpful for understanding family members or people who might one day become understanding of um, folks in their lives who have been adversely affected by this type of poisoning. Because you can see how other people are suffering with this and how there are so many common things that we have 
that we suffer with as uh, folks who have been poisoned in this way. Anyway, I think Shannon's done a great service for a number of groups of people, and she sort of bared her soul, if you will, and talked about her situation, and I had an opportunity to interview her. That interview is in two parts, and you can take a look through the back catalog and check those interviews out if you haven't already listened to them. If you like video, if that's your thing, I also have those interviews on the new YouTube channel at EMF Remedy. So when Shannon got burned out of her area that she was living, she and Sam and the kitties had to take flight. And they had lots of preparation before this event. They were living in a forest and they were working with the authorities weeks, months in advance, getting brush piles piled up and clearing the understory from around structures and whatnot, just in case there might be a fire and making plans and whatnot. If you're not one of those people who's been affected by the harmful spread of man-made radiation, maybe you can't relate to what it's like, but people who are displaced like this from a fire or from another catastrophe, they can't just go down the road and check into a motel like many people can. Even if somebody gives them, like for example, when I was working in the EMF, uh, excuse me, EMS, emergency medical system, for a number of years, we often dealt with fire and people being displaced from their homes by fire. And we would, of course, handle the acute aspects of that and support the firefighters and rehab. A rehab meaning while they're working on the fire, they would have to take uh, breaks where they could uh, take uh, fluid and get their vitals taken and oxygen, whatever, if they needed. But we saw people who would lose a home. It's always a tragic thing. And there's an infrastructure in place if you know where to look for it. If your house burns down and you ask the American Red Cross, if that's what you'd want to go to for help, they'll give you vouchers to stay in a hotel. Now, Shannon's situation was different. It wasn't a house fire. Um, it was being displaced by an approaching wildfire, and the wildland rules are different. But you can't just, as somebody who has been or is being poisoned by non-native EMF, you can't just go to a hotel. You can't just uh, hang out in areas like... Um, you know, that they'll put together shelters. And the shelters are going to be filled with copious amounts of RF radiation. And that's just not tolerable. Not a place where somebody who has been poisoned in this way is able to hang out. So that's why in particular, I was so concerned about Sharon during her displacement. She had wisely made some preparation. She and Sam had made some 
preparations, and it sounds like at least partially shielded a trailer that they were able to take with them, get it not to a pristine area, but between the shelter they had in the trailer and the shielding and whatnot, it was at least more bearable. So I want to let you know what the latest is from her because there has been an update. So let me read you this letter that I received. We received amazing news today from fire personnel who were at least at last able to get onto our property today. Apparently, the structures, including our home, are all okay. Fabulous news. We don't know more yet in terms of other damage, but this is incredible news, and we're so happy and grateful, and especially to all of you who have extended emotional and financial help. We've not been given the all-clear to go back yet ourselves, but still hoping to do so in the coming days. However, it may still be weeks before we can go back to stay. And, you know, I'm just going to add here parenthetically, if the forest is all burned up around them, even though the structure hasn't been burned, that might be an issue as well. Anyway, continuing with her letter. And so anyone who was planning to send donations, they are still welcome as we will likely remain homeless and jobless for yet some time to come. At least the help needed will now only be temporary and will not have to remain refugees indefinitely. Thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for keeping us in your prayers and thoughts. It worked. Now we just need more rain to help keep the fires from our friends and neighbors' homes and properties. There is some rain in the forecast, but let's see if we can't envision it reaching us sooner. So keep the prayers coming. With deep gratitude, Shannon, Sam, and the kitties. So I just thought you'd all want to know what the latest status with her was. And next, I just want to spend a few minutes before we get into the cheap, easy, effective solution I mentioned. I want to talk about um, a little follow-on to our presentation last week. So kind of exciting um, feedback from last week's podcast. And this was the top seven reasons why some refuse to acknowledge EMF harm. I kind of wondered when I was putting this together whether it would, whether it would be well-received. But it has been well-received. And um, from the people who matter the most, in this uh, EMF battle in which we're living, I received uh, uh, comments from, uh, in particular, somebody who's been struggling with the same issues and really wanting to spend considerable thought on why is this dynamic this way and why do so many people not understand it? Really, I think it's how how are people so easily induced into bringing a harmful form of radiation into their homes, exposing themselves and their children? How does this trick work? And so I outlined last time, you know, the knowledge avoidance and the willful ignorance and the 
facile thinking and the ignorance of research and the, oh, you know, let's see, everyone doing it and the medical community, they have their part as well. I don't think this could have been pulled off without them, you know, variously either sitting this one out, you know, uh, on the bench as it were, or sort of la, 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 you know, <laughs> ignoring the ignoring the problem, uh, the social engineering involving the media, the culture, celebrities, government education, and then the number one, really a form of idolatry where people have just become absolutely hooked on convenience, amusement, and stimulation. So it was really well received, and thank you very much, and we even got a, a uh, another five-star review. By the way, Reviews are so very helpful. If you haven't done yet, done one yet, would you please do that, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcast? That would be a huge blessing. So I would add just one thing. You know, when you put together one of these podcasts, you always think the next day, oh, I wish I would have added one thing. And most of the time I don't mention it. But since I'm talking about last week already, I'll just mention that the... The ignorance of the research is facilitated by the switch that we've had in our society from organic search engine results to curated search engine results. And if you're not familiar with that whole thing, it's not really an EMF thing, so I'm not going to get into it too much, but that for sure is a, a big factor. All right, so I just wanted to get those preliminaries out of the way, the update with Shannon and the uh, re-mention of last week's. If you haven't heard that, you might want to listen to it. Oh, and uh, one other thing. There was a special announcement about opening up um, a limited number of uh, opportunities to join a one-on-one mentoring I'm going to leave that open just for a couple of more days. The feedback, the the response to that has been unexpected. And I just want to make sure that um, everybody has a chance at that before I close it. So I'm going to leave that special introductory message um, open for another couple of days. All right, so cheap, easy, effective. Um, I have two types of clients that I work with. The first type is people who have as a significant life priority, the resolute and unyielding need to reduce personal exposure to non-native EMF to the lowest possible levels. People like me. And since I share this life priority with those who must reduce exposure, I like to think I'm uniquely suited to serve their needs, as well as the second type, those who have some concerns and want to take a precautionary approach to non-native EMF exposure for themselves and their family. I've been spending a lot of time with that first group recently, and I don't want to ignore the second camp. So if you're in the second camp, maybe you're just beginning your journey in EMF assessment and remediation, and you still feel a desire 
to have Wi-Fi in your home. If that's the case, then I want to tell you about a cheap, easy way to reduce the daily radiation exposure from your Wi-Fi router with the touch of a button. Cheap, easy, and effective. Of the available options for remediating non-native EMF, the best by far is always the removal of the source of radiation. If you don't have a source, there is no radiation. 100% gone, not a trace of radiation forever. And it's easier than you might imagine to achieve, and we'll talk about that in a future podcast, but what if you could get a taste of what it's like to live without the constant radiation exposure from your router? Entirely remove the source of the radiation for a period of time each day. I'll just mention parenthetically here that it is amazing how many times I talk to people and they've stumbled on this uh, by themselves or accidentally, you know, it got unplugged for a night. Or I had a, um, a close friend of mine who had always slept well his whole life. And then suddenly he couldn't sleep more than three to four hours a night. And it was really taking a toll on him over time. I said, Jeff, I said, do you have a Wi-Fi router at home? He said, well, of course I do. I said, unplug it at night. Really? Yeah. So I didn't have a chance to talk to him for about a year after that. And I was really wondering how it worked out. And so next time I, I saw him, I asked him and he said, oh yeah. He said, that did it. All I did, I just unplugged my thing and all of a sudden I'm able to sleep again eight hours a night. So I don't know what your experience is going to be, but I've had many, many people that have really enjoyed that. So if you, if you want to get a taste of what it's like, look at it this way. You can entirely remove the source of the radiation just for a period of time right? There's 24 hours in a day. If you had to prioritize, if you had to choose a period of time when you're least likely to need wireless access to the internet, when would that be? For most people, the obvious answer is while you're sleeping, which is great because most people really want untroubled, restful sleep. When you're ready for bed, you touch one button and your router shuts off. You've eliminated all the radiation exposure from the router for you and for your loved ones. When you wake up the next day and you want Wi-Fi, just push a button and the router comes back to life. And the button, well, it's portable. Um, it's a cute little thing. It kind of looks like, um, I don't know, like a car fob. You know, you push the button and your car door opens. It's a little bit bigger than that, but it fits easily in the hand. 
And you can put this thing, you know, right next to your bed. You can put it in your pocket. You can put it on your desk or in the living room, wherever you like. This thing doesn't have to be mounted anywhere and it runs on batteries. So you push the button and your router goes off. And you push the other button and your router goes on. That's it. Easy. So what does it take to install this thing? You know, that's that's a question as well. Okay, so what does this thing take to install? Well, the other half of this thing, you know, there there's a little deal with the buttons on it that you can carry in your pocket or put next to your bed or whatever. It has a little battery in it. And then there's a little little square. It's again, it you could fit this thing in your hand. It's maybe two inches wide, maybe I don't know, maybe two and a half inches tall, maybe three, yeah, two and a half inches tall. And you plug that into the wall, and then you plug your router into this little box that you just plugged into the wall. And now that router or whatever you plugged in there is controlled by the little switch. And that's it. That's all you do to install it. Unplug your current router, plug it into this little gizmo, and then plug that gizmo into the wall where you had the router plugged in. Easy to use. Push the button, turn it on. Push the button, turn it off. Cheap, easy, and effective. Did I tell you how much this thing costs? It's 25 bucks. If you want to buy one, oh, by the way, Nobody gave me one of these. I haven't been paid anything to do a promotion. I don't even have a relationship with these people. It's just a um it's just a great thing and I can't think of money better spent if you're trying to dip a toe into this whole world of EMF and you. Maybe you're not ready to get a full home assessment. That is by the way the fastest way to move forward when you're ready. But if you just want to try something, you can cut out one third of the total radiation you're exposed to in a day by just having your router turned off at night. And I know how you are because I'm the same way. If it's not convenient, you're probably not going to do it. This little $25 device makes it convenient. Where you want to go to buy this, I'll put a link in the description. The company is techwellness.com. Techwellness.com. And you can't miss it. All right. I hope this has been helpful. What a wonderful season this has been. So many, so many great discoveries. Um, the millimeter wave stuff. Now we know how to avoid millimeter wave exposures. And it's awful that millimeter wave exposures have been <laughs> deployed sneakily, I kind of feel, in the environment. Um, but at least we have some ideas, some tools for reducing our exposure there. Education efforts are going on great. There's the one-on-one coaching program 
Um, just a lot of really great uh, stuff going on. I, I spent the morning with a build client this morning who is working on what he calls a barn dominium. You know, like condominium, only like a sort of barn. So used to be called a shop house. So it's a humble dwelling, and yet it's got everything a young family needs, and it's more affordable. And their priority was, or I should say one of their priorities was making it a clean place from an EMF perspective. So that was a lot of fun this morning going out and uh, working on, we're at the stage where they have all the framing up and they're just about to put the sheeting on the outside and we're going to be going in and doing the actual RF shielding for the house. Started that this morning. So lots of fun, a lot of exciting things going on. I hope things are going well in your world as well. Keith Cutter, emfremedy.com. We'll see you next time.